Hey, everybody. What's up? This and every podcast is brought to you by Claypot. Claypot is a Cantonese-styled restaurant located at 58 St. Mark's Place in New York City. Go check it out. It's just really great food. It's super authentic. It's Cantonese-style cooking, home cooking, and it's just, oh, man, it's good for the soul. Coincidentally enough, today the guest on the podcast is none other than Alex Yip, the owner and, I guess, co-founder? founder of Claypot and we just talk about like the entrepreneurial spirit and what it really means to hit the floor running and and really get on that 20s grind so I hope you can take away some of the lessons that I did and I hope that you learn to execute your dreams Well, to be fair, they weren't totally in my control. I think that was the number one. Because they were not in my control, um, it was a little uneasy for me. Because, you know, when you're not fully in control of the situation, you kind of get a little lost. You don't know what to do. Um, It's kind of frustrating at times. But... I would say all the bureaucracy behind opening up an establishment in New York, that was my number one kind of obstacle because uh, I was new to it completely. Um, I did have some help uh, from my team, but the bureaucracy behind opening up a restaurant, it's something out of control. And there's a game behind it. I don't want to get too much into it, but I think you kind of get the idea from me just saying like, there, there, there are some people in the game that you can connect with that can help speed things up, um, but I didn't want to go that route. So I, I instead instead of going around the hurdle, I jumped over the hurdle, kind of so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what kind of compels you to just, I guess, play that game instead of uh, leveraging connections or you know, like, I feel like you really want this dream to be well. Yeah, well, so it would have became like a pay-to-play kind of game. Like, there's so many licenses and permits that you need to get. Health department, department, like, Department of Buildings, New York City. Like, there is so much involved with the paperwork instead of just, you know, like, you want to start your own. You want, you have your own concept, right? Whether it's bubble tea, um, coffee shop pastry shop what's really hot right now is um what are those called the the cream filling things cream puffs yeah yeah, Yeah. what whatever it is right you you think that that like that's the easy part and then the behind the scenes stuff it's where it gets ugly and hairy yes dude because obviously oh my god i had no so my general i completely relate to that and i think that's just a testament of like how hard you should grind if you really want to pursue something that like you know what i mean like to pursue your dream and what people see is only like one percent of the actual work like there was a a 99 percent grind where this guy was up all night you know putting things together and making moves like yeah 
like for my my podcast at least in general i know if i get like an audio clip whatever the length of the audio clip my general rule of thumb is multiply it by 2.5 and that's about how long it would take for me to finalize it which sounds insane because it's like <laughs> like i'm spending like two and a half hours after the actual podcast to put things together yeah that, that's the hairy part right? yeah and it's, right? like i wouldn't even say a majority of podcasting itself is the conversation it's honestly the actual like it's it's the the grunt work afterwards you know and that's i think it's a huge part of life that a lot of people shy away from is that yeah people see the end product and that's mm-hmm. it most people at yeah least. but i mean hey you got your but you, then- you put in your hours you know i know you had to delay the opening a bit if i'm not mistaken but but your baby's yeah. out your baby's out there in the world right now clay pot is up and running and it's like how do you feel about that yeah how do you feel about it how do you obviously you know you're you're still like oh my baby (laughs) you know it's still brand new to you but how how are your what are your thoughts like are you are you excited are you like relieved i mean i don't know what the next milestone for for alex is (laughs) okay so so for me okay so like i i actually still have a full-time job i'm a consultant during the day um so I basically go to the restaurant after work. We open at 6, 6 to 11 on weekdays, and then Friday, Saturday, 6 to 12 a.m. So I'm working these 15-hour <laughs> days, 13-hour days. It's really fun, yeah. though. I, and it's it's fun in a weird way because I'm so – what's the word? Like I'm so exhausted after the day job, but then I get – Re, like I get reborn <laughs> when I go when I go into the restaurant and then I like you know have these conversations with people I explain to them the dish um the history behind it and our family recipe and that part is it, it gives you some life yeah and that's it's not it's it's something I, it's really hard to explain because at the end of the day I would normally be so drained but then with the restaurant even though I'm in I've been like working 13 hours. It doesn't feel like it because I'm having fun at the restaurant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the fun part is that I don't know. I think you can say you can see that people are happy with the product. I mean, well, this in this case, the the dish, right? The clay pot. It's something totally new. You have to educate the customer about what they're eating. Because most of the time, like, I'm asking these people, like, have you had this before? And nine times out of ten, it's a no. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's I knew this going in because of the area that we're in. We're on St. Mark's. And I knew this going in. So I thought this would be, this would be a fun challenge. And so far it is. But what you just described to me sounds, sounds exactly like, like you found some kind of thing. The fact that you can work like a crazy 12 hour day go to the restaurant and then like be revitalized as you said like that's it just screams to me that like this is really one of your key passions or one of the the most important things that you value and it's almost like it's like lighting a like reigniting the light under you you know it like sparks that that life back into you and you're like yes this is this is it this is what i want to do and i'm so happy to see you like in that headspace yeah, when you when you know there's no better feeling 
when you go when you're coming I'm coming out of the train I'm walking over to the restaurant and I'm seeing a line it's 6:30, so we've been open up for 30 minutes and I'm seeing this line these people chit-chatting about like what they what they've heard I mean they don't know who I am yeah. so like when I'm walking in I hear like oh I've heard this and they hear I mean they're reading everything online too so it's not even that it's like their first time coming here and I'm just so surprised that like I know that I did not put as much I mean there was no way that I could have put in like the amount of hours and hardcore like work into actually launching everything like we didn't have any newspapers we didn't contact anybody it was mainly like them coming to me just purely because I didn't have the time to do that kind of outreach um, and I recommend anyone who's listening to this and they're trying to open up their own concept to not do that because it's not the way <laughs> to do that. Um, we're, we're actually still underway on like press releases, um, New York Times articles, Eater, things yeah. like that. But like I if I were to go back in time, I mean, I don't even know. So like that's what's so surprising and refreshing to me because when I'm walking to the restaurant and they're talking about, oh, yeah, I found this place on Eater. Uh, we should check it out, but the line's so long. Maybe we come back another time. It's not so much about like the line's long, and I, and I feel bad. I do feel bad that I have to turn away some customers sometimes, but like the fact that I'm hearing that they found this place online, and we put, well, I personally didn't put as much time as I wanted to into our online presence. That mean, I mean, like that's refreshing to me to hear. I'm like, wow, somehow, some magic worked. And I think that from here moving like moving onwards, I should take that refreshment feeling as a sort of a a pathway to yeah. you know what I mean? Kind of like a pathway. It's it's they're showing me the direction like where they found us. It's it's all about being online these days. And it's beneficial for me because no one really knows what this dish is unless well you're from Hong Kong or you, you're you've lived in Chinatown in New York or wherever you wherever serves it if you're listening to this in like California Atlanta Florida anywhere in the world wherever it serves like this is a very niche product and that's the fun part of it I think of course and I, I think it's really cool how like you said you didn't necessarily sit, like obviously you're busy you didn't have the time to sit down and really hash out the the restaurant like full 24 7 but it was but you still yeah. kept an open mind and you still saw people coming in through this other venue almost, right? They they found Clay Pot. And you're like, wow, that's really interesting. You know, this is this is an opportunity. It's you didn't see this as like, oh my god, like if I had worked harder, I'll have even more. Like you have a sense of oh, gratitude, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I really appreciate. And then you just see things and you just like, Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's interesting. There's always yeah exactly there's only two for me I mean you know this about me Stefan like there's two there for me there's always two ways to look at things it's very binary it's like you're either negative or you're positive and instead of being negative I mean why would I I would never I wouldn't want to waste my energy on negative thoughts ever period I mean I'm I would consider myself a pretty positive guy I think all my friends and family would think the same thing as me too so anything, it's like, it's not like, oh, yeah, this restaurant, they're not really online that much, but I found them through this article. Like, you can either be like, oh, damn, we should have we should have had a, a more, like a bigger online presence, right? Or you can say, oh, interesting. Well, I guess I should take that, you know, little nugget of information, put it in my back pocket, 
and if I collect more nuggets of these information, then you can kind of get a feel and sense of your target market and what they're expecting of you as a restaurant. Yeah. And so I guess my question with with that same vein is kind of like your your optimism and your gratitude has definitely carried you, you know, <laughs> deep into like the entrepreneurial world. And I'm just curious, how do you maintain that that positivity? Like I, there's there's so many obstacles and there's so many failures. And I'm not saying that like oh, everyone should just give up, but I'm just saying like, what do you do? in the face of like, oh, this regulation got pushed back like wow. three months or something. Like, oh my God, how do I do? Like, yeah, how, wow. how do you stay positive in that? You know, like how do you, what's your method? Wow, that's a really good question. You know what? Like you, you said two things, optimism and gratitude. Um, gratitude, right? Yeah, that really stuck with me just now because you know what? I don't know if I was born with it if, or if it was in my blood or if I was <laughs> nurtured. Like, I, to be honest, my parents didn't really have time to really parent me, and I think they gave me so much freedom to really explore, and a lot of time a lot of time spent <laughs> playing games on a computer when I'm younger, but, like, they, they, they never really controlled me, so I think that's why I have so much gratitude in my life. My mom constantly, like, she would constantly help me out no matter what, even if I was being a brat. Um, my dad, on the other hand, was just, he's really free-spirited. He's like, you can do whatever you want, kid. So I think that's kind of like the optimism part. But what keeps me going is that, I mean, in my head, I think there's only two ways. You either, for the optimism, right, you're either optimistic or you're not. So if you are given these two choices, I mean, why would you ever choose to waste time on being pessimistic, right? I think being pessimistic pessimistic is easy. Yeah, it's easy to get mad and frustrated. It's easy to, you know, blame other people. It's easy to point fingers. It's easy. That stuff is all easy. Like when things go wrong, it's so easy to push it off on yourself. For me, it's all on me. Everything's in my control. That's why I open. That's why I answered before. Like the hardest thing for me is when things are not in my control. Yeah. Like, it's hard to be optimistic about those kind of things because you're not fully in control. But the thing that, you know, like, when I walk in the restaurant and someone says, oh, yeah, I, I saw them online, but, like, I didn't really I didn't really see their website or they don't have a good Facebook presence or Twitter presence. Well, we don't really have a Twitter presence <laughs> at all. We're mainly on Facebook and Instagram. But, like, I see those things as optimistic opportunities. Instead of, yeah, it's an opportunity. I see things as opportunities. Instead of like, oh, we messed up. Yeah. I, I think you definitely have that. It almost sounds like you have a hardened kind of optimism. I would say that when you're growing up, right, and you maybe don't explore as much, you know, like I, I certainly didn't have as much of the same upbringing that you did, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I think, and, and you know this about me, I was very yeah. largely pessimistic for a fat majority of my life. I think, yeah, it made it very that. difficult for people to hang around Stephane. me. <laughs> but Lots what I've changed. come to learn, and I think that you've exercised in this, you know, this incredibly difficult enterprise of opening your own restaurant in New York, no less, at the, you know, at such a young age. I think what we're both trying to hone in on, or what I'm realizing that you're executing, is that it's true that. 
like falling apart and like being nihilistic and being pessimistic is is easier you know it's it's stronger than than naive optimism but that the optimism that is not naive the optimism that you can see something and and take it and be like i understand this is a failure but there's something in here that i can pull out there's an opportunity or a lesson that i can pull out and use that for the future you know and not to be like not to be focusing so much on the negative aspect and to just that it like i have to just say that you have that not naive optimism which i think is the key in entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurial uh pursuits <laughs> well yeah you know what you brought up an interesting point the naivete of it like you not if you are if you're an entrepreneur if you consider yourself an entrepreneur well number one you have to execute i think execution is the biggest uh like from what i'm hearing from the conversations from my friends um who come to me and like they they want to get coffee or something the number one thing that always comes up is like alex you really execute like you're doing all these things right i have this idea i have this idea what do you think about this idea and I'm always like, why don't, well, why don't you just do it? Yeah. Like you gotta, you have to do. You can't just plan forever, right? You otherwise it's just gonna, you're not gonna get produce anything. You're either creator or you're not a creator. It's very binary. Like it all, it all ties back to being very binary. I don't know why I see things that way. If I was born that way or if I was nurtured that way from my mom and dad, I just see it as very black and white. What are you doing? Okay, you have this idea. Great. You're asking one person how good this idea is. What, instead of asking, if you if it came into your head, why don't you just do it? Like Clay Pot, for example, was born because me and my brother went on a hike in in uh, Canada. I think we were in Banff, and it was we were just literally bouncing ideas back and forth. We had a heart to heart. One of the like, this was about. Uh, shoot, I don't want to say two years ago when it first when we first brought it up, but it was literally just bouncing ideas back and forth because we were just catching up. And he said, hey, let's do something crazy. And I said, hey, you want to open a restaurant? And he said, yeah, let's do it. And when I came back, my final semester at NYU, I was walking in St. Mark's because that's where I, I live <laughs> at NYU. I mean, there's all the NYU kids are there. Like, I, I saw the spot and I said, hey, yo, Chris, my brother, do you want to check this spot out he says no i don't need to i trust you and then boom we execute right there it was i remember the day it was in september too and then that's when the paperwork started we started calling the the landlord finalizing the chef started eating a ton of rice <laughs> it's the execution part that that's matters a- and it, and if anyone's listening like just you have this idea it's baked up in your head it's so great Oh, I don't know if people are going to like it. Well, you don't know if people are going to like it until you do it. And if you really, really like it, if you really think your idea is so great, then you're going to do it. And you're going to do it for six months. You're going to do it for 12 months, 18, 24 months. And if you have like 10 people that like your idea, you're you're still going to pursue it. And then, and then there's a point where it's like the blind naivety that you were talking about before, right? The naivete, however you want to yeah. call it. At some point, I think it's an art more than anything. It's like, okay, this idea sucks. And, of course, if you have investors, the money is behind it too, and that's when it also gets hairy. But, like, the execution is 
so crucial. And and it comes up in all the conversations that I have on the weekends, on the weekdays, after work, when they come into the restaurant and they ask, like, how, how, how? I mean, I even showed – I've showed you one of the messages that I got too. Yeah. Right? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I just <laughs> – So it's like you got to do, And man. so, okay – if there's one thing, it's like that Nike. I mean, Nike's got yeah, it they all. They got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, they got it figured out from the start. Like, but I, why do you think motto. there's such difficulty in executing? Why do you think most people get stuck in that five, six, you know, eight month planning period, maybe even like three year planning period, but they never really like punch it? Like, why do you why do you think people are hesitant to execute? I think people are perfectionists, like, I think in our schooling, like us, our age, 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, we've been schooled to really be as perfect as possible and have a plan. Like, I do some planning. I'm not going to say I don't do any planning, but that can't be the majority of your project that you're trying to to accomplish, right? You execute, and then you learn as you go. You got to have, like... What's it called? Proof of concept. You just have to have a proof of concept. What do you? The minimum viable product is what you call it at Stern when I was in Stern. A minimum viable product that you can release. Then you get some feedback from your first hundred customers. Oh, they say it's crap. It's it's not salty enough. It. Yeah, dude. I had I had food bloggers come in and say, "Wow, this is this is um." This is so great, you know, like, wow, I've never had this before. I love the crispy rice that you guys have, the fondue, which is what we call it. And then I've had people on the opposite side, like, saying, like, Alex, I need to talk to you for a second. Can you step outside the restaurant? And I'm like, oh, like, crap. You know what I mean? And that's how you, like, instead of getting the best, like, instead of having the best recipe, I mean, we could have, we, I mean, we did, I ate, like, over 100 pots of rice. (laughs) But, like, at at some point in time, you just got to be like, you know what, this is the identity of the product that we want to release this is the level that we're satisfied with this let's just put it out there and get some feedback and if we need to change it we will you're not going to get it perfect all the time right you can't sniff out your customer exactly it's not a there's no formula for it yeah and i would i completely agree with exactly what you said how we're kind of raised in this classical sense of like you need to have that you know 100 percent perfection first time you bang it out like Boom, here it is, final product, there it is, we're done. And I think that's such a, that can't be so, like, that's so staggeringly wrong, right? A majority of of pursuing anything that's difficult and worth pursuing is going to have a lot of failure on the way. And I think that's something we're not really that well trained in, is how to confront failure, how to, you know, kind of, manipulate failure and then reconstruct it into something that's okay i own this now i i i heard those food bloggers that took me outside the restaurant and they gave me you know some pretty pretty choice words but yeah i learned from it you know yep you 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 know and i think this this also contributes to my optimism i have one of these mantras in life everything is temporary if you really i mean those are very simple words but if you apply it to a lot of different things, like let's just say if you're working out, like you're feeling really, really, really tired, it's temporary. You know that afterwards when you stop working out, it's not going to be – you're not going to be tired. You're going to be back to normal. 
everything is temporary. Like, if you're feeling really sad one day, um, you had a really bad day at work, or your girlfriend broke up with you, or someone in your family passed away, it's temporary. For me, it's temporary. And it's totally in your control how long you want those moments to last. Those, and even the high moments too. I'm not just saying like sad things. Like you, you got an A on a test, on an exam. And if you're a college student, you got an A. That's awesome. You get this, you get the endorphins, the, like all that happiness feeling, goody goody stuff. <laughs> it's temporary though, right? Yeah. Caffeine, temporary. <laughs> all those feelings are temporary. You're in control of it. Those things you are in control of. And so, what do you think ultimately? you're trying to pursue not necessarily just clay pot but i think that the reason why you are able to have this well not naive optimism probably because you've had naive optimism and you probably have had plenty of failures that people just don't know about you know there's this whole like rap sheet of like i fucked up this time i fucked up that time but i learned this you oh know? my yeah yeah i've had so many ideas before the restaurant i mean the restaurant is a passion project for me and my brother and uh so I've had tons of projects that totally just failed. Most of them apps when I was in school. And I realized, you know what, it's coding is not my strong point. I do know basic stuff. But food has been a part of my entire life. My family, you know, my you know my dad, he he's also in the industry as well. I mean, so I personally like seeing I think the entrepreneurial spirit comes from him actually, the blood. Um and because I've ha- I have some of my dad's blood, like there, I-, I really enjoy seeing my ideas come to life. It's very much like how an artist can draw something with just coming out of their mind instead of like needing something to reference. Yeah, it's. I like seeing that creation process. And do you think that, like, this? I suppose, like, this drive or maybe this, like, unconscious voice that's, like, telling you, hey, we got to do this idea, we got to do that idea. Do you think that that is is substantial? Like, do you think that's necessary? It sounds like you're describing almost like like the artist who, who, has, to, who has to create. Like, they have to create or else they're going to go nuts, you know? Oh, my goodness. This is speaking to me so deeply. Like, you know what I think? Entrepreneur. So it's interesting you bring up art too, because I never really appreciated art you. until very recently. How <laughs> <laughs> I know it, until very recently. Like I'm 22 now, so like maybe when I was when I was 21, I started going to museums. I mean, actually, no, no, no. I I was going to museums way before that, but I was just looking at things and I and and not really caring about the process. But if you stop and look at a painting, for example, or a sculpture, anything, anything that's art in your eyes, you kind of, and if you really want to empathize with that person and this piece that they've created, you have to appreciate the process that that they went through. Yeah, definitely. And that's also key to entrepreneurship, the process. And these are so cliche and it's so it's so accurate too because that's really what it is. Like if you talk to um any restaurateur that's really like hit it, you know, quote unquote made it mm-hmm. successful, overnight success, 
first of all, it was not an overnight success. Like, nothing is ever an overnight success. It's just the media saying so. The process of creating you is something you have to enjoy. It's Okay, this is a good example. If you... And I think that listeners might be, this might be easier an easy analogy to kind of um, understand, and this is how I I I explain it to other people as well. If you want a six pack, if you want muscles, if you want toned calves, um, to yeah, you're, you know, you're such a it, track like, boy, dude. <laughs> exactly. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you got, everyone knows. <laughs> If yeah, I know. If anyone knows me, yeah, I ran track. <laughs> so I didn't make. I was, I was. Yeah, I didn't make the basketball team. <laughs> so, like, you you want you have the end goal in mind, but do you know the process, the rigor, the determination, the grit, the hard work that it takes to get there? That's the process I'm talking about, and you have to really like yeah, it. Yeah, you have to be that that certain kind of crazy that like likes the 99% grind before that before that opening day like i would even argue like what you said about that overnight success of the restaurant i don't think you're completely right i don't think that exists at all because even if you looked at clay pot's grand opening it's it wasn't just like an overnight success it was a two-year passion project you know putting in like those extra hours after you come back from your your day job like it was a two-year success it was a two-year <laughs> it was a two-year process, I know, and I, know, I would I know. even I know a hundred percent. I know you, my man, that you loved that process. You loved every second of that disgusting grind of that uphill battle, and that's why I like I'm I'm so relaxed when you when you tell me like, hey, I got a new project. All right, yeah, it's doable. I know you have the right attitude for it. <laughs> I know, and sometimes, so I'm actually a mentor, in well, I was a mentor at NYU. And I've, I would have these sessions with um, some of the students, like mainly freshmen and sophomore, and they know about my endeavors. And they're like, how did you do it like in such a short amount of time? Like, you're so young. Like, how? So it's so fast. Like, or, or they'll imply, like, you're so lucky you did it. You got this luck. thing now. <laughs> well, I'm not. Yeah, I know. Well, luck is a yeah. different story. <laughs> Um, I think, okay, let's talk about luck for a second. I think that I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in hope. And that's not from a pessimistic standpoint. It's more because I think that you make your own luck and you can, hope is, I'm sorry, I don't believe in hope at all. When, when I'm people, when people say like, the only time I'll ever say hope is like maybe in passing when I say hope you have a nice day. You make your day nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're in control of that. That's, that's such a different mindset that I think that the average person has. It's messed up, man. I don't, I'm no, messed up. It's, it's like the good kind of messed up. Like this is – I think people need to hear this. I think people definitely need to change that perspective of instead of hoping for a better future, acting it out. Acting it and aiming and actually putting in that work to – align themselves toward that future that they're oh i want a restaurant but you know i don't i don't really want to i don't know the regulations i don't want to know what the like you know i i completely understand what you're saying and it almost feels like you have this like almost like overwhelming uh you're you're impatient to start the process is what i would say whereas most people are impatient to just get success 
Oh yeah, I love. Oh, man, if I could, if I can explain that what you just said, I love the process. It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, for me actually, let's talk about fun. Like, if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, you gotta stop. Stop right there because I think life should be all about fun. Most of it, ninety ninety nine point nine percent should be fun, and then the other whatever you want to categorize it as. But if you're not having fun every day, doing what you're doing, something's wrong. And I know not everyone is in the position to have fun, but like I tell people, some people say like you're crazy. How are you doing your job, your full time job, and then also be like doing the restaurant thing at night? Well, I'll tell you why. I have to do that. Like, why don't you just quit? Some of them ask me, like, wow, I'm surprised you haven't quit yet. Well, I grew up in a family, very traditional, Asian-American, uh, well, kind of a mix. But I had that pressure, you know, to get the job. You know what I mean, yeah, right, Yeah, Stephon? without a doubt. You had to get the job. Im- immigrant, immigrant parents, there's one path to success. You get this safe job, high-paying great great salary and um big name that's the way to go keep your head down oh my goodness play by the rules work work hard keep your head down yeah be humble well i yeah being that's a totally different subject but i had to do that because otherwise my parents i mean i wanted to make my mom and dad happy so i did that but i also told them like mom dad i have to do this i can't not do this it, it will kill me if I didn't do it. And that's why that's it, come, it goes it ties back to the whole how I see things very black and white. Like if I didn't do it, I would have hated myself when I'm 80 years old. Oh, this is part of the gratitude thing, too. Like when I'm 80 years old, I never want to regret things that I didn't do. I don't mind regretting things that I did do um, because I know that at least I did them. But it, would, it just burns me in the back of my head when I didn't do something. It's like, you didn't ask that girl out. Shit, like, oh my god, I should have done that, you know? Oh, I, I had this idea. I didn't do it. Two years later, oh, it's it's a $500 million idea now. 500, comp- 500 employees, um, big this, big that. Like, growth prospects are great. Oh, man, it's helping, like, all these people, the product, whatever it may be. And that kills me. If I didn't at least try, it, oh my goodness, I'll feel like I've died inside. Because, and I feel like I've died inside because when I'm 80 years old, I know that I couldn't have lived that part of my life. Yeah. Because when you're 80, you, you're done. You can't really do anything. That's why um, <laughs> I, I think I got that because when I was volunteering this really old nursing home, uh, my great-grandma, she just passed away. She oh, was 108 shit. in sorry, Canada. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's okay, dude. Don't worry. Like, when I was there, I had the chance to talk to these people, and I would understand. I would get their stories. You know what I mean? And these old people, they always say, like, oh, I, I wish I did this. You know, I, I when I was younger, I wish um, I didn't work so hard. I didn't know, like, the time was so limited. It, it really flies by. And soon enough, I feel like I'm going to be... 80 years old i mean i'm 22 now so i'm like yeah, long ways off <laughs> i'm like one but... fourth one fourth the way there but I, every day i wake up and i feel like it's not like a race against anyone else it's a race against myself and partially that came from track yeah i i feel like it's all a culmination of my life like everything combined has molded me into 
who I am today. Especially like that, I've learned a lot in track. Like my coach, for example, and and we're going on a tangent now. My coach, I, why well, I asked him, like, do you ever look back to see if anyone's like gonna gonna catch up on you? And I'm a sprinter, so um, I'm running like the hundred meter and the two hundred meter at most. And he's like, why would you ever do that? Yeah. And I said, well, you want to make sure no one's gonna catch up onto you, right? And he says, no. You got to focus on yourself. You got, you know the job that needs to be done. You need to get across the finish line. Why would you ever look back? Why would you ever stop? Why would you ever waste any time, any energy, any any of your precious energy? Literally, you're turning your neck. You're wasting energy because when you're a sprinter, I mean, you need to be full black, like full on, dedicated into swinging your arms, moving your legs, um, being loose, and breathing. If you turn your head and waste even a half of a millisecond or your waste you've lost like you just straight up threw it away so that's part of the reason why i think it's very binary for me to you know don't look back don't dwell on the negative things because there's only one way to go and that's forward it just sounds like to me that what you learned out of sprinting was that you should be more focused on your particular race than comparing yourself with people who might be behind you, who might be ahead of yes. you. Yes. And I think that in track, exactly. it might not have been that clear because everyone was on the same track. But in life, it's like, what do you want to do with your life? Dude, Where do you want to go? Dude, life is the same thing. I see but, life but as the same thing. But my path is always going to be completely like, different from your path. So why the hell would I ever want to compare myself? Oh, man. You know, I could, I could beat myself down with that, like, pessimism. Man, Alex, oh, man, he has a really good job. You know, he gets, like probably paid by way more than me and he also has a restaurant and like you know he, he exactly can live off. It's, it's objective it's super objective like you can't you can't do that otherwise you're gonna just well number one you're wasting time thinking about what other people have when you could be working on something for yourself exactly you're you're scrolling through instagram and you see oh wow like look at all these things this guy's in malibu he's he's having a great time he's partying wow he he has all this time to party like that's awesome great if you want that then fly down to malibu or uh, depending on where you are you can i guess you can walk <laughs> there or drive there but like you can do that too right what's stopping you from do that from doing that a flight's like what from new york 200 bucks yeah well, I think I think people know deep, deep, so, uh, deep down inside that paradise they have, where they're kicking their sandals up on the beach and sipping away at a margarita, isn't a real like that's not a real goal. That's a vacation. That's not that's not dude, a life. Do you plan. know what I think is happening? I dude, you know what I think is happening? I think people want attention, and it's like gonna let them down all so much when they're not gonna get that attention because they're getting it in the wrong ways. Like they're going on if 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 you want to post your traveling pictures on Instagram great that's fine but if the goal of that is because you want that at kind of attention and it's not because you passionately enjoy traveling dude there's people who go hiking to take a picture and that's it like they've never hiked before ever they'll do these dangerous like there's there's people who've died who go what? on these crazy things they'll sit they'll sit on the edge of a cliff and because and they've never done it before or well yeah, or like they've done it. They're doing it for the purpose of taking a picture, and they'll die because, or or like fall off <laughs> and then die. But like they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And like if you're if you're doing the hike for that end product, and you don't really enjoy the hike, I think you're doing something wrong. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm not saying that you can't go on yeah, hikes yeah, yeah. and stuff. But you should you should be in like, love with the the uphill struggle. Otherwise, you're just gonna yeah, put yeah. yourself through hell for two years for maybe 15 minutes of an opening. And then what then? Like it's yeah, exactly. right back to the grind. I think that's and uh, and there's people. I'm sorry. I... So, so I'm gonna say this. There's people. There's people who want to be entrepreneurs because they want to make money. Dude, I'll tell you right now, you're not gonna have any time to enjoy whatever money you make. <laughs> I cannot. I'm not make. I like look at me. I'm 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 basically getting home at like 10 o'clock, 10 11 o'clock, and then I need to shower, and then I need to get rest for six hours, and then wake up and do it all over again. I don't have these like this time. To go around traveling, taking pictures, and that and that was just one example, right? The Instagram traveling thing—that's just one example because I think that's like really plaguing our age well, yeah. group right now. Instagram kind of has a weird thing where people are are expected to have a personal brand, and I mean these are like kids, like we're still kids, you know? We're not even not even a, a quarter century old, dude, and and people our age are freaking out about the number of followers, how their likes are, and and it's like, dude, just just live life, like stop trying to pretend that you have it together yeah, I'm, not I, yeah, I'm not trying to hate but i think it's you could definitely like, that's a rabbit hole you could fall down and it could pull you into like this this really jaded perspective yeah it's the mental health aspect that i'm mainly yeah. concerned about i i love instagram right I'm, I'm whenever i'm in transit i'll scroll through instagram every now and then to keep up with my friends um i'll look at the news i'm just saying that if you're doing things you got to know what why you're doing the things in life otherwise you're like if you have a direction great you got to understand why you came over that direction yeah it sounds to me like the like the abs thing the if you want a six-pack abs for the summer you want to go on the beach impress your friends impress some girls okay you you have to understand that you need to dedicate your nutrition you got to dedicate your hours of the day and if you're not enjoying that and if and if you fail to get those abs that's the part i'm worried about I'm I'm worried about that point when people realize that this process is not something that they really enjoy yes. doing. I love the process of creating things. And and I'm fortunate enough to like apply that in a business sense and also also combine the, you know, culinary part of my family history as well. Like I love that and I was I was able to see that and combine ideas together and my passions together. And now I'm, I can 100% confidently say I'm enjoying myself. And that's I really that's am. awesome. So I, I, I understand that it, it sounds like you're being motivated by a negative fear of that 80-year-old Alex who never executed and who pursued things without meaning and pursued it just for fame, just for attention. And you see that version of yourself and you're like, Jesus, I don't want that. No way. But on the other side – You know what? Yeah. It sounds like you're also motivated by this deep artistic drive, and I just I want to ask you, and and <laughs> I'm kind of throwing this on you. I don't know if you can give me like a snapshot perfect moment, like it could be like when you're in the restaurant when it was opening, or maybe it's a quiet day, but like you see somebody in the restaurant and they're eating food and they're smiling, like that little moment, that three second clip of like you're like, ah, yeah, this is I'm doing the right thing. Oh, man. And so like what. What are what it's kind of moments have you had that like where you you felt that kind of like that flow state that that per perfect like harmony like what what was that like when what what was it for you? There's so many of these. I mean, I cherish these moments too, 
and I'm st- and I when I was younger I wasn't able to recognize those moments but I was very fortunate and I don't know I feel like it's a, a lot of the hard work like it's not luck I've experienced so much fortune in my life I feel like everything that I wanted has worked out so starting from like when you're in middle school I mean I, I'm gonna talk about a few the first big moment was when I decided in eighth grade that you know what I'm gonna I watched this movie I forgot what movie it was the Carpe Diem movie it was like some book that we read in school I'm blanking on the name I don't remember Car- you know yeah, Carpe yeah, Diem yeah. right the, the, the quote seize the, quote, the day yeah. so anyways seize the day exactly so I decided I was gonna seize the day in eighth grade um because I watched some movie and I realized, like, okay, what am I doing every day? I'm playing games. I'm playing basketball outside. That's great. Am I going to do this forever? I would love to, <laughs> but I don't know if I can. So I decided, you know what? Everything that I'm afraid to do, but I still want to do, I'm going to do it anyways. So I ran for student council. I wasn't the most popular kid. And you know, student council is usually, like, mm-hmm, the popular mm-hmm. kids, right? So I ran. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this because I'm going to regret if I didn't do this when I'm 80. I said that when I was an eighth grader. <laughs> oh my god! Isn't that you had messed a, up? An entire like so, <laughs> self audit at when you're in eighth grade, and that's it's it's messed. I don't know what I don't know what how maybe I got an early start, whatever. So I, I ran for student council, was trembling when I was doing the speech in front of the entire class on stage. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that. I asked all my friends if they saw me shaking, and they're like, no. And I was like, wow, they didn't really notice because they don't really care. Even though they're my friends, like they're not people are not going to pay attention to every single detailed aspect of you. You know what I mean? So that kind of helped me solidify. You know, no one cares about your failures. Like even if you tr- start shaking, you pee on stage. I mean, that one actually might be. Yeah, a that different. one. That one might be. Pee on stage. I think everyone will see. <laughs> um, but like people, the caring aspect. Like no one cares if I fail. Like it's and and I feel better if I tried and failed than if I didn't try at all. So that happened freshman year or when I ran for um, student council. And then I actually got it. So I, that's when I tasted success. And then the next thing that happened in high school was I, you know, I created the Entrepreneur Club. And then we created this t-shirt business with um, one of our good friends, Eric Bolvid. And if he's listening to this, Eric Bolvid's an awesome guy. You get, should get to know him. Maybe you should have him on the podcast oh, too, maybe. Yeah. Um, I know. That, <laughs> there you idea, go. That's an idea, yeah. right? But like, so me and Eric... It was me, Eric, Matthew Staniforth, and Dan Reggie. I remember all these people very vividly because they all decided to join in on my crazy idea of starting the Royal Cartel, which is a t-shirt company that quadrupled its value, almost five times, five X'd it. Wow. And that was another success. And, and, and it just kept happening. And I was like, I just kept applying all these life mantras that I've had combined with the optimism, the gratitude of my parents' upbringing, I combined all this stuff and I view and I apply it to everything I do. So next thing I was doing in high school was applying to college, right? I I was not good in school, Stefan, and you know this, yeah. <laughs> not good at all. So I had to do a self audit. I had to do a self audit, and I was like, "What am I gonna do? I want to go to college, right? Well, what are my strong points? Track, <laughs> track, a little bit of English class, barely got A's in science, definitely not math." And so I I leveraged the track and I went all in on that and that I got recruited to NYU and 
which was my reach school, Stern, and I didn't think I was going to get in. But that confidence boost when you really don't think, like, you're putting yourself out there, you know the chances are slim and things work out, that really made me, like, self-audit, like, holy moly. Like, you can really just, like, social... You just have to take things in perspective. Like, what do you have? What cards do you have? And then how are you going to play them? First of all, you have to have, like, some kind of hand, right? Yeah. This, this goes to the whole, like, you got dealt a bad hand kind of thing. Like, I didn't have the best hand when it came to grades. Dude, like, you know our peers. Some of them were freaking... Yeah. Insanely <laughs> like, smart. Yeah, you know. Like, Insanely some of them were geniuses. Smart. Yeah, like, and, and I don't want to name them all. Like, yeah. there there's so many of them in our in our group. And I think if they're listening to this, they know who they are. Um, But, like, I was like, how am I even going to compete against these guys? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know what? They're playing their game. Why don't I play my game in my court? Not really a court. It's a track. <laughs> and so I, I, I leveraged that, got into NYU. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Great, I'm here. What was the next thing, right? I wanted a good job out of NYU, right? I was focused on my career at that point. I really wanted to, you know, make it at Stern, do the whole four years, and then go into corporate America, consulting in specific. And I got my dream job. I'm currently at PwC as a tech consultant in financial services, doing all cool things with banks, technology, all that fun stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, my GPA is not going to be good enough. It barely, it barely makes it. My GPA was bad in high school. It was bad, badder in badder. college. <laughs> Worse, never, you mean? Yeah, I know. Nice. It's, it's not a word. I know. I know it's not a word, <laughs> I, Stefan. I was just giving you shit. So, so like I got. So we're we're coming up to like current time. So, like, I got the job, and I was like, what? How? And I, and it's not luck. I knew I had to play different cards starting sophomore year when the grades weren't working out for me. And I put hours into studying, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not good at tests. I figured that out. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at talking to people, right? At least I can be good at that. If you're not good at one thing, you got to be good yeah. at the other, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's not – yeah, or you should at least yeah. work on the other. So I, I got really close with – and oh my goodness, man. People say this word networking in school. I hate that word. It's – to me – if networking is so <sighs> ingenuine, um, it's like falsified, really fake, easily detectable. You gotta really find. You gotta find people that you want to be friends with. Instead of networking, I always say make friends. That's what I say to all my mentees in in Stern. Make friends. Don't network. Make friends. So I made a lot of friends. Um, I hung out with people from the firms that I was thinking about joining. And I narrowed it down that I really liked the kind of people at a PwC. So I made really good friends with those people. And I think that's what carried me into um, getting, you know, getting my offer letter from PwC. Yeah. So those are, those are the moments. Like, these are the moments of success that I've experienced and that I've cherished. And it keeps going on, right? Even after that, like the whole um, restaurant thing, I was like going through so much. Uh, I mean, it like took two years to launch. It was supposed to launch in like nine months, twelve months. So we're delayed basically a year, yeah. give or take a year. It's actually a little less than a year. And now it's finally out there. And I'm and I took some time for myself. Like I was in the middle of the restaurant, looking at the full house, seeing smiles on people's faces. Um, people looking at the pot weird <laughs> which is totally normal 
And I'm like, this is another one of those moments. Yeah. I know there's a lot of moments there, but that's those are all the moments that I've had in my life. I feel like I've been really fortunate. Sometimes I don't know who to thank, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I got to thank myself because I made this happen. Yeah. You know, it was my choice. All these choices, these were mine to make. There was no luck. No one gave me, like, no one gave me anything. No, There was no handouts for me, at least. And so let's break this down, Alex. Let's, <laughs> what, what would be your message to, not necessarily just, like, the world, but I guess people who are kind of uh, in the same scenario that you were in before you ran for student council? Break it down. In like, terms of, what would you what would you like, say to yourself if, if before you took on that challenge? Like, like if you were someone who's like, I don't know if I should run for student council or not. Like, I don't. Like they're kind of you know afraid to execute. What do you have to say? What would you tell them? What would you tell yourself? Choi Yong Sat Ma Yin Zi Fei Fuk. It's a Cantonese saying. All right, I am ignorant. <laughs> it's a Cantonese saying that. Um, means a lot to me actually it's my number one life mantra i have a few life mantras but this one trumps everything there's a story to it um i'll kind of give the abbreviated version for the sake of time uh basically there's a nomad and he has a horse and the horse is this nomad's prized possession he doesn't have anything else just like the clothes on his back his horse and one day he's traveling in a group to the next village he's a nomad so the horse runs away but the nomad doesn't freak out the nomad doesn't get scared doesn't get sad he may be flinch a little he'll flinch a little bit like oh why is it doing that you know why did the horse run away and but the villagers were like what are you doing like why aren't you like the horse is running away aren't you mad aren't you sad like shouldn't you go after it part of this mantra is that thing everything in life happens for a reason and so you have to have those ebbs and flows and you have to keep your poise however the second part of the story is that the horse comes back and brings back another horse the horse is younger it's faster it's stronger it's it's like a fresh a brand new fresh horse and because it did that because that horse was getting old and it was going to you know die soon it wasn't doing all the things that the nomad needed it couldn't carry all the weight that he had had and stuff so the second part of that is blessings in disguise not everything in life will happen the way you want it to happen but it doesn't mean that you should stop it doesn't mean you should dwell it doesn't mean you should get sad maybe you can get sad for a little bit but like it, you're fully in control of those moments in life those low moments and you can decide from those moments where you want to go. So that's pretty much Choi Yong Sat Ma Yin Zi Fei Fuk. And it means a lot to me.